everybody, this is Pastor Terry. Thank you so much for stopping by uh, Grace for Your Journey podcast, special edition. And we have some of those out now. Thank you so much. If you've never listened to Grace for Your Journey, if this is your first time with us, thank you for stopping by. It's it's great to have you. Thank you so much. If you're a return listener, thank you for that. Uh, it's an honor to have you here. What we're doing on the special edition, um, we're, we're focusing, we're having three episodes on this. So we had one, uh, our, our first episode, then this one, and then the next one. And it's the church as um, it was pre-COVID, what happened to the church during COVID, and what's happened to the church, uh, what I predict will happen to the church post-COVID. Now, um, when I say the church, I'm not talking about my local fellowship where I pastor, though some of the examples and things we'll talk about obviously will be drawn from from that, but um, it's really talking to guys all over the country, different sized churches, different demographics, uh, different communities, um, churches with different styles and different organizational structures, some denominational, some not denominational. And and so really just a lot of listening uh, to folks across the country. So let me just remind you of something sort of where we ended with um, the last episode. The church pre-COVID was an industry. It was a business. And I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way, but it truly was. Uh, churches spent billions. Did you hear me say Billions of dollars a year on the Christian industry. Everything from what churches um, receive through tithes and offerings, book sales, um, becoming a part of a YouTube channel that maybe or or Patreon or something where you have to pay. A lot of Christian uh, authors and leaders have that, uh, as well as merch. I mean, the Christian merchandise business is massive, or I should say was massive pre, pre-COVID. I mean, you could buy anything you wanted from a Christian distributor, and they would tell you it was Christian whatever. I mean, you could get a Christian couch. I'm not sure what that means, but you could get one. (laughs) I mean, you could get a Christian whatever, and and the merch industry was just huge. I remember over the years, I've had, oh, probably half a dozen people that I've known pretty well go into the Christian merch industry and make a killing financially. And this was hugely popular pre-COVID. Now, COVID hits. So let's pick up there and talk about what COVID did to the church. Well, I think in a general sense, it did two things. It uh, exposed, and when I say exposed, it exposed two different things. It exposed the strengths of the church universal and and the weaknesses. So let's talk about the churches um, that navigated through COVID really well. Uh, It seemed to me of the churches that have been able to come out of COVID well and really navigate through it well. Now, let me define well. They were able to keep their doors open (laughs) because a lot of churches, actually, we don't have those statistics yet. There's a few starting to float around. I think it's probably going to be another probably six months before we get real statistics on the churches that have closed uh, because of COVID. But but when that happens, I'll share it with you for sure. Um, but that's, that's coming. Um, but the churches that came through it well, that were exposed in a positive sense, were the churches that had healthy connections with their people. Now, there's a couple of ways that those healthy connections were realized. One is, is pastor to people. If, if the pastor was close to his people, then his people were close to him. Uh, or and, and so that made a um, an opportunity uh, when everything went like Facebook Live and all of this, 
We'll talk about technology in a minute. Um, but there was still a connection. When you have a friendship, when your pastor's walked with you through a struggle, when he's been your friend, when every Sunday you were in church, he tried to shake your hand or hug your neck. I'm in the South, and so they we hug necks down here, right? So, <laughs> you know, that's what we do. And, uh, and, and if you had a closeness with your pastor, uh, it seemed to matter uh, for people to stick around. Two, if the church was structured around relationships. In other words, it wasn't just come to a classroom, hear a lecture, and go home. There was actually meaningful connecting points. Now, that could be Sunday school, could be home groups. We, we do both at our church. Uh, it could be ministry teams. Uh, of course, we have ministry teams as well. And we push connecting in those relationships. And, and we tell people, you need to serve because you need to be around other people. I mean, one, because God made you to serve, but but really it's in serving and doing that we oftentimes build the, the greatest bonds with other people. The churches that came through COVID or that, that seemed to move through COVID pretty well were those churches that had those smaller groups that people were connected because when states began to shut down, all right, and they began to say you couldn't worship. Now, I live in Florida. I'm broadcasting from Florida. Um, our governor chose to handle things differently than like California, New York, some places like that. Our governor was like, hey, I'm not going to tell you you can't worship. I'm just, just not going to tell you. I think maybe we had six or eight weeks maybe where they said, hey, look, let's just everybody take a break. And then we began to open back up, if I remember right. And so um, uh, when you know, that meaningful connections um, in smaller groups, when, when those restrictions came, it's the churches that could then be dispersed into homes. Those are the churches that I think came through real well. Um, second, I think you have some generational stuff that went on. Um, churches that are older, that have multiple generations and a family going to the same church, they tend to hold up pretty well through crises because they're not going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> the old joke is a pastor, you know, if you get a pastor you don't like, no big deal, he'll leave and they'll stay and, you know, they'll just keep moving on. And and so the generational connected churches seem to come through um, pretty well also. Also, churches that did intentional outreach during this time. Now, what did that look like? We did it here at Grace. We called. We sent texts. Um, we sent out blast emails uh, so people would stay connected. Um, and and so the people that tried to stay connected, and, and now let's move into the technology. The churches that came through COVID, well, obviously are churches that had technology in place. There were a lot of churches that were playing catch up. A lot of smaller churches, rural churches, maybe even some city churches uh, that were more denominational. Um, their service is a little bit more serious, uh, not as much, you know, sort of praise and worship. It's a little bit more, um, I don't want to say melancholy, but a little bit more serious and classical. Some of those churches were not up to speed on their technology, and it really began to show. Uh, the churches that came through well um, either had the technology in place or or they adapted very quickly. Um, now, here at Grace, the Lord had led us um, to get on Facebook Live probably three years three years prior to COVID. So we had a good presence on Facebook. Uh, that was there. But some things that we added were like the email blast. We had everybody's email. We just didn't do it because we saw everybody on Sunday, right? Um, I got on Facebook and, and did a every day for, I don't know what it was, probably three months, I did a I did a devotional every day on Facebook Live that people could connect with. Um, every single day, I worked and and put out content. Now that was again using technology to stay connected, and that seems to be one of the reasons why 
I, I think we came through, not because it was me, it was just because I think any pastor who did it would, would come on and probably tell you the same thing, that doing that really built a connection and a commitment of people around. Now, um, so I think the churches that did that, that was exposed in a positive way. Those things uh, came out. Um, I think the value, now, now let's talk sort of at a different level on this. If the church was adding value to people's lives through the teaching of the word, through prayer, through seeing the Holy Spirit move in their life, if people coming to church were gaining value, then I think they were going to stick with you through COVID. And, and, and they and they probably did, um, I think. Then, I, I, I think the other thing is, is people valuing the church, but, but people began to, to sense that there was danger that their church could close. And so what happened is they rallied the troops. They sort of circled the wagons, right? There's an imminent threat. There's imminent danger to our church. Even we saw even the people sort of marginally connected step up in, in, in attending online services and giving. Uh, because there was this threat that was there for a year. Man, we're not going to make it. We got to have all hands on deck. The church is sort of struggling. Man, we got to come in and do like we've never done before. And people really adopted that. And uh, again, most of the people were that, the, that core group of people that have been here that were connected. But we also saw some people who were sort of marginal, who stepped up and really began to give, really began to serve. And so the church during COVID was um, exposed to the things they did well. Now, they were also exposed to the things that that they didn't do well. And of course, you could take everything I just said and flip it, but a couple of things I want to point out. Churches that were event-driven um, hurt during COVID. So if you have a church or you go to a church that's event-driven, driven. I mean, now this is, you know, you have the big 4th of July thing, you have a huge Easter pageant, you have a big Christmas pageant, you do all these big pageants and, and that kind of thing. Those churches were hurt because if that's their model to attract people and to keep people, they couldn't do it. So if you were an event-driven church or are at an event-driven church, your church suffered, it hurt. Second, you could be an event-driven church just by, not just by doing, you know, the special day stuff. But you can be an event-driven church if Sunday's an event uh, rather than a process. And here's what I mean. If every Sunday's a production, right, um, and that's all you have in your church. Now, if you have the groups and the other things to go along with it, you, you probably came through it fine. Uh, but if it's just come and hear and come and see and come and let the guy sing and the, whoever's preaching preach, and, and that's all there is, those kind of churches suffered. As a matter of fact, I know of some um, very large churches that sort of had that model, and uh, they're they're not able to open because they can't even get their people back to serve. I, I mean, that's the reality. I mean, they they still can't get their people back to serve um, because um, they were just not that uh, connected and, and sort of leaned into the to the ministry and to the mission. So, um, I think the churches that um, had. Uh, that type of mindset, sort of eventually mindset, they sort of struggled. Second, churches, for whatever reason, that have not invested in technology and taken advantage of social media, taken advantage of those opportunities, the people that haven't set money aside to do that struggled. And, and, and I mean struggled in a huge way. And so... Uh, that was the other thing I think was exposed to some churches that have been fighting against 
technology and social media and that kind of stuff. They just didn't want to be involved with it. It's just, you know, it's a lot of money upfront and it can be a lot of upfront money. And then you have to get people trained to do it. And, and to be fair, a lot of the churches are older and um, their congregations are older and they just uh, didn't have the skill sets uh, in their congregation to do it. But that really exposed them. And, and really the church moving ahead, and we'll talk about that next episode, but the church that moves ahead from COVID, and we're going to talk more about technology then, has to have technology in place. Um, and then the third thing, I think the churches that emphasized the Sunday show were exposed because you can't replicate that, um, you know, exactly with without a live audience and without the dynamic and, um, you know, without the spirit sort of moving in those environments. And I'm not saying people who do that are, are wrong or bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying uh, that people sitting at home in their PJs watching this on Facebook isn't the same experience as being in the room if you're really an event-driven church. It's just not the same. Uh, now, a lot of those event-driven churches also have great groups. And so they came through well. My best friend in ministry is one of those there. They do an excellent production every week, but they also are 110% committed on, on groups. And so they have come through this incredibly well. So it's not a style slam. It's just saying if you only had one thing, only one bullet in your gun, and that's what you were shooting metaphorically, right? I probably shouldn't say that in today's world, but metaphorically, right? Um, it wasn't going to work. You, you had to have a, a balanced Ministry, and I think that's the, the last thing I'll share with you is what was exposure in this time are the are the ministries that have some balance, and the ministries that don't. The ministries that had good balance um, came through. Uh, the ministries that didn't have floundered and closed their doors. Well, I hope this has helped you sort of think through the church during COVID and and how the church um, moved through COVID and. Um, And uh, next week or next time, we're going to be talking about the church after COVID and what does that look like and how does a church move ahead now? And a lot of things are going to change. And so I hope you'll be with us. And and when you are, man, I promise you, we're praying that God gives you grace for every step of your journey. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.